This episode is brought to you by Modern Fertility, Once Upon a Farm, and Pros. Thank you for making our show a possibility. Thank you. Welcome to If These Ovaries <laughs> Could Talk. I'm Jamie. I'm Robin. And we're your hosts. Let me show you. It's not your nuclear family anymore. It's not just your mom and dad. Thing. We're not ruining these little humans. It's not for the gay reason. Just because <laughs> we stick. Ooh, Jamie, we are back. We season are back. Nine. Guys, I can't believe it's season nine. We're about to hit 150 episodes Dang. in like two more episodes. Oh, I've already been saying 150 episodes. That's right. Round up. Round up. <laughs> I mean, it's basically it. We have such a huge season coming at you, season nine. We um, really do. I mean, starting off with this powerhouse episode that we have right here, but like this is going to be a fantastic season. I don't know how the stories keep. They're always know. so good. And every oh, time I'm like, oh, that's a story we haven't told. I just, I, it's yeah. so, it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. So it's going to be a great season. Yes, yes. So sit tight and get ready. But on that note, yes. um, well, not on that note. On a different note, we are also starting the season off with ah. Uh, some sad news. Some sad news, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you might remember um, Patricia and Kellen from season one, episode 17. I think the episode was called Motherhood, Mindfulness, and Mother's Day. Um, I mean, Patricia's been struggling with fighting cancer for the last year. We okay. talked about it, and we put it on our social for the GoFundMe. And and this week, she uh, succumbed to cancer. And um, Yeah. I'm so I'm crying because I know. she was she was a friend of mine, yeah. and um, it's really terrible. Yep. I feel so, I feel so much for her wife and her three girls, yep. and her family, and I'm I'm wishing them the best. And she was more than a friend; she was a a mentor to me, and she was kind of my spiritual guru. And I mean, you witnessed it yourself, Robin. She had so much. Oh my God, power. she was so powerful, and she was so. Just like she, I, I said to Jamie when 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 you told me about it first, because I had seen a picture of her on social and and I didn't read the caption, you know, and I thought, oh, she looks good. And, you know, but she was a giant. She just was a giant in the room. The like, legend. Yeah, yeah. Just like at her energy. And 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 like, I mean, we cried several times and we and we re I refer back to some of the things that she talked about, about her relationship, her marriage in my marriage to this day. That 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 episode left such a mark on me personally, and I know you too, Jamie. Yeah, she um she just had this um uncanny ability to move hearts and minds and bodies, mm -hmm. um and to inspire and encourage. And I met her at a very lonely time in my life, and she she helped me find myself again. And every time anything good happens to me, I think of her and I tell her, mm -hmm. and I want her to know. And she's just. It's, it's a big loss to the world. Yes. So and those kids and her wife and um, but Kellen's post about I'll see I'll see you I'll, I'll see you again soon. And that I'll was find you. Yeah. She said I'll find you. Yep. I'm just I mean I'm sorry guys. Oh my but, god, um, we're like blubbering <laughs> idiots over here. But we just we just we knew we could not move this forward without paying tribute to what an incredible soul she was and is. Because because I say is because her mark will continue in this world it was just yes. will yes. so we are dedicating this 
episode this season to Patricia, and we are sending our love to her family and to those kids. And, and you know, I don't know. Go hug somebody you love. Yeah. Show, show everyone you love them. Yes. Anyway, okay. All right. Well, on, on a lighter <laughs> okay, back note. To, back to the light stuff. Okay. Here um, we go. All right. Well, so season nine. So we are so, I mean, if, if this doesn't tell you how happy we are to be back, like just these feelings, like these people come in our lives just to do an interview and, and we are always so moved and we are, yes. like, we think of every single person as part of our family and as part of our community, yeah. even if they've forgotten who in the hell we are, we're still like, oh, remember that one guy who said that one thing? And we talk about it all the time. You know, we really do. It's kind of sad. when I was over the over the break when I was at my uh, father in law's, um, my sister in law said, she said, oh my god, she said, do you know what? She said, I'm. She always tries to get caught up before we see each other, and she said, I just finished season eight. She said, you know what was my favorite was Alec Mappa. She said. She said he was so moving in his advice and his parenting. She said, I just didn't expect that. And I said, I didn't either. I just thought it was going to be like, joke, joke, joke. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you just can't, you can't, I don't even know what the word is, but like. I don't how know, much, you can't buy this shit. Yeah. You can't like. How meaningful just, this all is to us and to everyone. And it's just, yeah. it's wonderful. Ugh, so magical. Yes. Every, every episode is magical. So on that note, we have to say a special thank you. To our newest Patreon member, Anne Ray. Thank you so much, Anne Ray. That's yes. a beautiful name. You ray of light, you. Yes. And <laughs> and we are thank you because you are helping us make content for LGBTQ families. So if you want to join Anne Ray and 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 helping us make this content, join our Patreon community, you can do just that. You just do a good thing. So you can head over to patreon.com slash ovaries talking and you can join our little community there. Yes. So yes. without further ado, Jamie. Laura Stone. Oh. I had to say it like that. I don't know why. Don't, because she's got very, got very theatrical. What an amazing interview. Uh, oh. Very. Uh, she's a writer, a really funny lady, and one of our new favorite people, yep. as you now yep. know. <laughs> um, I was so excited to get her to kick off the season. And mm-hmm, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about her leaving the Mormon church. Um, we're going to talk about her coming out. We're going to talk about her, all of her kids coming out at the exact same time as her. Mm-hmm. And her writing that is for the LGBTQ community. Once again, another powerhouse. Uh, yes. I mean, you guys have to hear this. So let's just get to it. Yes. You don't need to hear us blather on any longer. Helen. Oh, Helen's back too. And she's happy to be here. I think I'm I think 2022, kidding. she could be. We got a new Helen. Um, no, I was saying nice <laughs> things, Helen. Just, just roll the tape. <laughs> they were nice things, Helen. Hi, Laura. Hi, Laura. Hey, I'm hey. so excited to be here. Yes, we're so excited oh to have you. So excited. So excited. As we were talking about before we turned the recordings on, my wife, Mary, is such a huge, huge, huge fan of yours and has been hounding me to get you on this podcast for, like, quite honestly, way longer than it should have taken me to get to you. So it's really, <laughs> once again, I come out bad in this story. I mean, you've got a lot on your plate, Robin. You've got a lot on your plate. I don't know. I'm going to hold a little bit of a grudge, I think. <laughs> I couldn't love you more already. I, I love mean, it you, just that's Laura. perfect. <laughs> Jamie's gonna love this because, like, when Judy Gold yells at Jamie, I love it, and so when anyone else yells at me, Jamie loves it. So it's like a perfect. I love it. It's really fun. <laughs> it's really fun. Anyway, so Laura, I think before we do anything, we should just get right into your elevator pitch. Oh, you bet. On your mark, get set, go. Okay, so I got my family the old-fashioned way in that I grew up closeted Mormon and practiced a whole bunch of uh, 
heteronormativity. And as a result of that, even though that was lousy, (laughs) the three kids that I got, that was what I got out of it. And all three of my kids with me, we make up LGB and T. Oh, whoa. Time to spare on the clock. Three seconds left. Time over. to spare. That was very well done. Wait, you you left out that you're a writer. You left out that whole bit. Tell people I about am, that for yes. God's sake. So I'm actually a, an author. I have published uh, three novels. Um, I write only queer protagonists. I do not write gay pain. I do not write for straight people, in other words. Oh my God, I'm in love with you. I'm just All saying. All right, settle down, Jamie. Let's talk. You're married. Let's talk. So, <laughs> damn it. So, sorry, I'm not. So, um, I also published all three of those books with a an award-winning independent publishing house called Interlude Press. I was one of their flagship authors. They only publish queer protagonists. It's not for straight people. I mean, straight people obviously can read our books and uh, go ahead and give us your money. That'd be great. But it's not for them. It's not tailored to them. Right. It's most of the authors are queer or queer adjacent in some fashion. By the way, I use the word queer. I know that some people find that to be a slur. I am of the uh, mindset that it's a reclamation. So apologies if you would prefer me to use LGBTQ. I do use them interchangeably. So we want everybody to use what is comfortable for them because it's your story. Yes. Thank you so much for that. And our motto is you do you boo. It, that's our motto, this. Jamie. That's new. I just made that up. <laughs> I just made that up. But um, so I've published three novels uh, through Interlude Press. And the last one that I published, it's been a few years because I'm working on, this one's kicking my ass. It's a, it's a murder mystery set in the swamp here in Texas. I'm trying to make swamp gothic a thing and it is lesbians. And I could not be more in love with this story, but it's just like, it's so intricate this the story that it's just been taking me a little bit longer to get oh my it, god anyway. you had me at murder this mystery so exciting. with the gays this is so exciting yeah. you had me at at Swamp. queer protagonists yeah. <laughs> i'm i'm very excited um i sense another book club book coming on yes our, our live stream we'll do you next yes yeah we'll do we'll do you boo jamie it's getting weird <laughs> all of this pleases me all of it pleases me <laughs> that's so exciting and i want books all about lgbtq queer the whole yeah, umbrella. Yeah. I want it. Bring it. Let's yeah. do it. I'm tired it of the heteronormative narrative. Yeah. You know, if I, I'm going to interject. So the <laughs> second book that I wrote, I wanted to not write white, polished gay men, mm, which I think uh-huh. so much of like, whatever, read what you want to read, write what you want to write. But I just felt like I was contributing to just this plethora of books and there's so many people who didn't have their stories told and didn't have you know what they wanted so i set a story in 1870s in west texas but i don't write gay pain that's okay i'm really i'm I'm like i'm not doing it what do you mean by gay pain like you know what i mean it's like the the struggle where people want to just it's to make straight people feel bad for the queer experience. Right, right, right. You know, it's like, isn't it so sad? And let's see how else we can really kick this character and just make mm-hmm. it pitiful. And it's like, my God, can we just have, you know, a trans Indiana Jones story? Yeah. Can yes. we just have yes. this? just happen right? to be. Would that not be amazing? In the LGBTQ yes, community. We? That's it. They just happen to be in the community. They, they don't have to. Exactly. to be. Yeah, exactly. That's why I just say, I don't so, need another coming out story. Like, right. I got and, it. And those serve their place because Absolutely. we still have 
struggles with kids being able to come out exactly. and adults being yes. able to come out. And, I mean, I didn't come out until my 30s, but um, I mean, I had girlfriends before that, but it was all in the DL. <laughs> yeah. I whisper. was profoundly Mormon. I was profoundly Mormon. Yeah, we got to like, get into that. But Oh, happy to talk mm-hmm. about that. Well, we'll get into that, but I'm excited about your, keep going, keep going with this. But so I had to do, I had to do a lot of research and I want to shout out, this is so random, the Gene Autry Cowboy Museum in California has all of their materials archived online. Ooh. And there is so much gay poetry really? written by cowboys what? in the 1800s. Wow. Stop it. There Get are, out of town. I'm Laura. saying there's like these trans mass cowboys. There are, I mean, it's just, it was the most magnificent thing to read and to, to see. And there was like this straight washing that happened during like all of the, um, during like movie code and I mean things were really really queer until about the 1830s and then you know the people in charge just said nope we want nope. everybody to be a white Christian and the, yeah that's and, dirty yeah. everything else is dirty yeah so I just wanted to shout out whoever their curator is for that museum you know blessings on your house for <laughs> doing such a great job of having all of this wonderful material out there and I mean I I must have Spent eight months just just finding all of this wonderful, that's really queer exciting. ass fuck stuff. Yes. It's just wonderful. Love it. <laughs> yes, so. that's really mm-hmm. exciting. And there's not enough. Yeah, there's yeah. not enough out there. Even with so many folks like you writing books like this, it's still not, it's not enough. It will never yeah. be enough. It, it It'll may never be enough, be enough someday, for Jamie. But <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> most ca- just to go to to put a tatty little bow on the whole cowboy thing. Forty percent. We're queer. Wow. And like another 40%. So it mixed and matched, but like they weren't, they weren't white. Mm. They were black men. Yeah. They oh. were Latino men. They uh-huh. were sometimes Asian men. Like it wasn't the straight white singing cowboy, you know, being kind to the school marm. Yeah. You know, that, like oh, that wasn't who, that wasn't who they were. So well, that's right. what's so it's, awesome um, about that movie that's on yeah. um, Netflix right now. Is it Netflix? The one that's Regina King's movie? Have you seen it? I don't even know. <gasps> I don't it's even on my know. Watch list. Oh my! Okay. What is it? What is okay, it? Okay. Well, I can't think of the name of it. It is so unbelievably good, and it's about the like black cowboys, and they're like, "We exist." Yeah. Ooh. Um. Hold on, movies. I'm gonna look up the title here. It is called "The Harder They Fall," and yes. it, is, oh. it is. I mean, we'll and it is. It tonight. feels like a Tarantino movie, but it's so good. You have to watch it. But it reminds me of what you're saying because it is all about the like how cowboys were all whitewashed. And they're like, no, yeah. there was this whole population of black cowboys. And I was like, amazing. And the movie's amazing. And Regina King yeah, wow. is just amazing. Oh, I mean, I'd watch her read the paper. Uh, there's nothing that she does that's yeah. not perfect. Wait, what's the name of the book? That book is called Bitter Springs. Bitter Springs. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody write it down. <laughs> just a quick question. Are you in the beginning stages of this baby making process? The planning that goes into creating our families, it's intense and expensive, and we have to take whatever help along the way that we can get. That's why Modern Fertility was created. For all of you starting this journey, Modern Fertility makes it easy and affordable to test your fertility hormones with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label, and you get your results within 10 days. It's that easy. Yes, and we all know that traditional testing with your doctor can cost thousands. 
but modern fertility only costs 159 bucks. That is a fraction of the price if you are not so good at math. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash OCT, you will get $20 off that already cheap price. Beautiful. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, how many eggs you have, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for your next steps. And if you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound info about your body can help you make the decision that's right for you. And folks, right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com OCT. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the several hundreds or even thousands plus dollars it could cost at your doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash OCT. Modernfertility.com slash OCT. 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 All right, well, let's let's talk. We got, we got to get into Mormon business and we got to get into LGBTQ, closet, breaking free, all of that. Yeah, so that's a lot. That's a real heavy topic. I absolutely am going to make light and I am going to make fun of the Mormon church. So if you're a Mormon apologist, we're not going to be best of friends. And that's just fine because I... (laughs) We're going to have some words. (laughs) So my family is like deeply and profoundly Mormon. Like Mm -hmm. they were handcart pioneers coming across the country. Um, Their journals are a part of like the BYU archives. My Mm. cousin is in the, not the... If you're Mormon, it's a, he's a general authority, which I always thought was the most hilarious title. Like, I'm just a general authority. <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> I just am an expert on all generally. of the things, right? Like, that's a pretty cool, that's a good job if you can get it. It's basically me. Yeah. Just generally no thing. <laughs> but, like, I grew up with the expectation that without question, I would marry a man and I would have children. And that was, like, the greatest thing that I could ever do. And that was the only thing that I really should be shooting for. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember when I was not even, gosh, I probably was like eight or nine. And I saw Christy McNichol. I don't know if you're. Oh, yeah, didn't, we all, didn't we all yeah. see Christy McNichol? <laughs> and then, Hi, Christy. And then puberty hits. And then Joe Polnicek is on my TV. Oh, yeah, she is. Right? And it's just. It, nothing is fitting. And, and I was a deeply profound Mormon. I was just so into it that I couldn't understand what was going on. And anytime I would try to talk to someone about what I was thinking or feeling, it was always just, oh, we just pray for that to get away. And, you know, just that was the mindset that I grew would up you in. Actually tell, did, would you actually tell people I, I mean, like, are you, did you even. I'm thinking about Joe and her motorcycle. Yeah, did you even realize it was a crush No, perhaps? I didn't. I didn't because I was also an incredibly naive kid. Here's how naive I was. <laughs> so Mormons love to dance. Mormons love Uh-oh. a church dance. There's a church dance every damn Saturday. And Utah actually has like really good radio stations. I'm not going to lie. And there was this new song that came out. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Father Figure by George Michael. <laughs> and my dad was the church chaperone. And I was like, hey, dad. Let's dance because I was too awkward and I didn't really want to dance with the boys on a slow song. So I'm going to dance with my dad and we're slow dancing. And it's, you know, my dad's this goofy guy and he bounces his elbows. He's like, hey, pull my finger. Like he is the most dad, dad, whoever dad. He's socks and sandals. So he's just like, you know, doing this 
dad type waltz with his daughter. And then we both just kind of like stopped when the penny dropped of like, <laughs> oh, and we just kind of drifted apart on the dance floor. I can't remember what the lyric, what is the lyric? What I will he- be your father figure. Put your tiny hand in mine. I will be your preacher teacher. Anything you had in mind. Oh, right. <laughs> and then Oops. it goes on. It's dirty. It does get song. dirty. You're right. And all that your dad's just like slowly just backing like, away from hey, you. Hey, kid, how about uh, we go check out the refreshment? You know, I'm like, I like Who ginger ale. So I'm just kind of an idiot is basically the takeaway here. I mean, to be fair, I didn't know I had a crush on Joe or yeah. Chrissy from Three's Company, but I realize now that I did. Right. You know, but I didn't know at the time. So I don't think I don't think that's too strange. I don't think that's too. Well, bless you. And thank you very, very much for that, Grace. So um, you remember just one of the guys? Oh, yes. Remember that movie? Love that movie. It doesn't hold up to the test of time. I had a VHS tape. Sure didn't. Man, she was hot. She made me. Oh, that's the one, the girl who dresses up as the guy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Short hair. Yeah. Uh So I've got a type is what you should take away from there. So do I. It's real strong. And um, I had a youth leader who looked like her, and she took me to see that movie. She didn't know what the movie was about either because she was also a very naive Mormon. So I'm, I think I'm like 15 or 16 when that movie comes out. And she's like 22. And I just thought the world of her, because she was just this wonderful and fun. And she had that, like, I play volleyball kind of a vibe, you know, and I'm on the church basketball team. And she just had this, this energy that I was so drawn to. And I remember coming home from that movie and just like, trying to figure out how this could work and just feeling despair. Right. Because I, it it wouldn't, it couldn't. Mm -hmm. Everything Mm -hmm. in my, in my world said that this was, you know, just a cog that kept would just continually slipping for the rest of my life. Right. Yet you keep having these feelings and you don't know where to put them. Yeah. Yeah. But you're like, I should get married anyway. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's um, it was just kind of like it just felt like this inevitable no thing of like paying yeah. taxes. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to do this, yeah. but I gotta. Right. And I'm gonna get in trouble if I don't. Mm-hmm. And something that's unique to the Mormon Church is that they hit really, really hard that the most important thing in your life is your family. The most mm-hmm. important thing you picked your family before you even were born because mm-hmm. they believe that you know your spirits in the world and you choose everything. It's a whole other host of problems. But um, for the main thing is like you pick who your family is going to be. And some people believe you pick who your spouse is going to be. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not in the Book of Mormon, but this is Mormon culture. Like this mm-hmm. is this is just kind of steeped in, in Mormon culture. So everything that you do is to keep that family together. So there's uh, it's a whole mantra. Families are forever. And when you get married, it's not till death do you part. It's for time and all eternity. You are family. Oh. You are a daughter. You are a husband. Yeah, that could be real bad, right? Yes. That's a long, long time. It is, especially with some of my family members. So, yeah. um, <laughs> Also, I might want to be alone a little bit in the afterlife. Just give I don't me know. like I've a got couple young of kids. decades. Just a little bit of time. Well, isn't it, isn't it true that when you get married, you have the husband knows your heavenly name yeah. and only the husband can uh-huh. call you to heaven. And so yes. If you die first, you don't get to heaven until he dies so he can call you in. Exactly right. 
Yes, that's, that's exactly well, that makes right. sense. You should just wait for him. Obviously. That makes sense. Yes. Well, obviously. <laughs> that's tough, man. Yeah. Well, and on another note, when you get married in the temple, that's when it's for time and all eternity. If you don't get married in the temple, and that's when they wear garments and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're married for time and all eternity, that's it for the woman. Now, a man can marry multiple women. That's the polygamy nice. thing, which they're like, we don't do that anymore. However. My mother and my father divorced. They were married in the temple and they still had their temple marriage. And my dad remarried and they got married in the temple. Uh, oh, you so mean he has I, two you didn't wives mean for eternity. Eternity. Like, not like not the, on in, earth. The, in the sense Which of the she's not allowed thing. to. Right. Uh-huh. But she, she couldn't can't get remarried that. in the temple. He can't. No. Correct. Of course. Yeah. So, long story short, it just felt like I couldn't have what I wanted. And I had to do what I had to do because it was required to to play that part, um, both culturally, both spiritually. You know, there's a lot of shame that comes on your parents when you don't follow the path that has mm-hmm. been laid out for you. Mm-hmm. So now we fast forward to my kids coming out. So I now have three kids. Did they come out while you were still in the Mormon church in Mary? No, or I had, had slowly left? pulled away from the church. Um, I am still officially a Mormon because they will not take my name off the records. I've got to like, like there's like this whole procedure that you have to do to like have a lawyer and they draft this letter and they send it to them and then they have. Oh my God. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah. And I kind of like being on their membership roles and talking smack about them, to be quite honest. <laughs> like there's a little <laughs> something I like about it, but um, <laughs> that gave me so much grief. Yeah. Um, I got to get my tithing uh, out of it first and then we'll say, you know, <laughs> but uh, so then my kids start coming out and I have stopped going to church I'm, and I'm not an active member. And I started to talk to my dad about just how the Mormon church feels because my dad, he's still very profoundly involved in, in the church. So I start talking to him about, have you noticed how they talk about these kinds of things? And have you noticed how? Because I have not come out to him, right. so, like at this point, I, he does not know about me. But I start to talk to him. Then I said, I need you to know that if you can't respect this about my child when they had come out, then we're going to have to make arrangements for like holidays and stuff, because you can't come into my home if you're going to say you can't be gay or say anything negative about it. You're, you're not allowed in my house. You are mm-hmm. quickly escorted. That's just not allowed. And to my dad's credit, he literally grew up in a barn. He's number 13 of 15 farm kids from this. Yeah. Uh, from this. I have 160 something first cousins. Yeah, you do. Holy. So um, he's from like the foothills of a teeny tiny little town outside of Provo called Lehigh. And which is where sister wives. I know. That's why you know it. <laughs> so, I do. Uh-huh. I had a girlfriend from Salt Lake. So we spent, yes. we spent time all over. Oh, there's a lot. There's a nice lesbian scene in Utah. There's a huge like alternative yeah. scene in, in Salt Lake City. Oh, uh-huh. so funny. Like the cafes are crazy. There's so many tattoos and there's so much happening. Like, Isn't like, it awesome? You don't expect it. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Well, it has to be like some kind of like I'm rejecting when you've been pushed down yeah, a path yeah. for so mm-hmm. long that, that you're you're having an opposite reaction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. And people yeah. get like, like they're bowed up and rowdy as we say here in like Texas. <laughs> like they're yeah. just like, bring it, bring it. What are you yes. going to do? What do you got? 
and good for them. So my dad was just, he's so besotted with his grandkids. He thinks they're the most amazing people, which they are, Mm -hmm. that it just became a non-issue. And then they started looking for another church that they could go to that was queer friendly. Who did? Your your, My dad. Wow. He did. Yes. Oh, isn't it amazing when when given the opportunity, they show up the way that you hope that they will like that. It gives me such, you know, hope that some people are able to show up. But do you mean outside of the Mormon church, the Ethel Mormon church? He sure did. Outside of the Mormon church. Oh, so he has this. I always get the name wrong, but it is a Baptist church in Dallas, but they are LGBTQ and they have actually been kind of kicked out of Uh the Baptist Uh organization because of it. But they have just like a killer choir. They're they're a lot of fun. And my dad is a choir master, so he works for them. So he has been around a certain type of gay person his whole life. He's been, Mm -hmm. you know, like theater gay. That's me. um, (laughs) Which we love. But so he has only had that much exposure. And he's like, well, I like this. This is fun. And then my daughter, whose nickname, my nickname for her is Stands with a Fist, because she's like, I am a lesbian and I am going to make you accept it or die trying. Like she is just like ready to go. She's the most magnificent, six foot tall Doc Martens. Two full sleeves. I love every inch of that girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eat her it. up. She's magnificent. Oh and you never want to argue with her because she, ooh, she's good at it. She knows <laughs> just how to just turn it. But he thinks she's the most amazing creature on earth. And mm-hmm. so she kind of confronted what he has known, you know, gay can be. And then my youngest is trans and gay and has, is um, medically transitioning. So going back to the Mormon church, they don't even acknowledge yeah. transgender. They don't even acknowledge yeah. it. It's LGB. And they don't even say that. It's SSA. What's SSA? Same What's sex SSA? attraction. <clears throat> so they don't even consider the gender issue. And, and also, by the way, using that wording, same sex attraction, you are taking it away from an identification mm-hmm. and making it be a behavior. That's a really Shitty. interesting, like, psychological bullshitter uh-huh. right there. Yeah. So I am a member of a group that's called the Mama Dragons. It exists because the suicide rate among LGBT Mm -hmm. teens, LGBTQ, pardon me, in Salt Lake City skyrocketed in about 2015. And that was because the Mormon church came out and said, nope, you can't be gay and be Mormon. And if you're gay, your kids can't be Mormon. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. what did we start this off with? The most important unit in a Mormon person's life is their family. And so Mm. now you have just shut the door and turned the light off on all of these people. Scientology. It's like that whole pulling people. It's like a programming thing, like pulling people away from, you know, isolation. It's just, that's gross. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And if anybody is listening who is in the Salt Lake or Utah Valley in Circle, E-N-C-I-R-C-L-E, is a home that you are welcome to go to if you are especially an LGBTQ teen. Um, you will be welcomed with open arms and loved, and they know how to talk to kids who are from the Mormon culture and how to help you. I know we have other organizations, but that's a place that you can physically go 
and be surrounded by people who will love and accept you. Keep that in your back pocket if you're if you're a kid mm-hmm. in that area. But yeah. so yeah. they've had to walk it back a little bit. And it's as usual, when there's any large change in that church, it's because of money. Mm-hmm. Um, they let black people have, or excuse me, they let black men have priesthood. They could actually hold the priesthood in 1978. And it was because they spent all this money on temples in South America. And they have this rule that if you have even, this is not me, this is their dogma. If you even have one drop of black blood, (gasps) then you can't be a priesthood holder. Yeah, it's real racist. God. It's real oh God, super I racist. I had no idea. But so they, they spent all this that money on temples money. that right. nobody could go to. Oh, And then my they were like, I guess God. we better fix yeah, that. We need like, some oh, leaders. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's really disgusting. So um, I oh. have somebody who told me that in Sweden, the Mormon church can't really function because they, they're considered a hate group oh. because of it. So hats off to Sweden. Go ahead, Sweden. Go ahead I with know. your bad selves. You do you, booze. You know, Once Upon a Farm is the leading baby food and kids snack company offering organic, cold-pressed fruit and veggie blends, dairy-free smoothies, overnight oats, meals, and more. Yes, Once Upon a Farm products are made with whole, organic, farm-fresh ingredients and no added sugars, concentrates, or anything artificial. Oh my God, that's it's so great. Their mm. new immunity blends are made with nutrition-packed fruits and veggies like elderberry and dragon fruit and added probiotics to help Support your little ones for the chilly season or any reason. Plus, they taste delicious. And immunity blends, you guys, are clean label project certified, meaning they've been third-party tested for over 400 environmental and industrial toxins, including heavy metals. Ew, I didn't even know. Ugh. Well, and their subscription offering is fully customizable, so you can pick and choose from their wide variety of blends or meals and switch it up before every delivery. And you know I love a subscription offering. I know you do. And listen, from farm to the fridge, convenience without compromise. That's what they are. My family has absolutely loved these. My kids Mm -hmm. love the green kale and apples fruit veggie blend. And my son actually went through all four of them in two days. And I love them Mm -hmm. all because they're healthy. I eat them to tide me through the day. It's a great go-to snack for all. I'm going to subscribe and get a custom assortment of mostly the Apple Kale Packs from kids. Amazing. (laughs) And Jamie, it is all about making our busy lives a little bit easier. And you can get started today and enjoy an additional 30% off your first subscription order. Use that code OCT at onceuponafarmorganics.com. That's onceuponafarmorganics.com. Woo! I feel like we skipped a little bit. We skipped over you because I want to get to your, I want to talk about your kids and I want to know all about that. But I want to know, and I think Robin, you do too. Where did, where did your queerness come in? When did you start embracing it? When did you start acting on your queer parts of yourself? Well, I mean, I had, I had a couple of secret girlfriends in my teens. Ooh, and, oh God, I love a secret girlfriend. Oh, and here's get ready it was at girls such angst camp. that's the one thing about the young generation that's so fluid they're not gonna have any secret girlfriends no. and that's sad for them they're so but anyway so <laughs> open they're really missing out they are because uh, i got to have my secret mormon girlfriend at mormon girls camp oh my god oh, yeah you did and it was god. fabulous it was I'm really sure. nice. and it was innocent it was like little darlings it was, ugh, it was awesome and there's elements of that in the book i'm writing right now but um <laughs> 
And then I had what I called my Mormon rum springer when I graduated <laughs> high school. Hmm? I had a full ride offer from BYU. And I just said, absolutely not. I, I need to just take some you. time off and figure mm-hmm. things out. And um, just kind of left everything that I had known, dated. That was that was my first time to like go to a lesbian bar. Shout out to Sue Ellen's in Dallas. Um, Sue Ellen's. Yes! I love Sue Ellen's. My sister lives in Dallas, and we used to, I used to we used to go to Sue Ellen's and then go across the street to the Roundup. Yes. <laughs> nice. Sue Ellen's is the best. It's like seven bars in one. <laughs> so that was where I got to have my first like. I've got a girl. She's got her arm around me, and we're going to dinner, and we're going to dance, and we're going to. Did it make you nervous? Because I remember when I came out, and I didn't have Mormon dogma and nothing like that, and I was only did it. uh, Well, I'll say that was when we were in the club, Mm -hmm. and in the club, it it, that was just totally fine because you're what happens at Sue Ellen stays at Sue Ellen. What happens at Sue? Yes, exactly right. But we went to like Six Flags once. And that was kind of nerve wracking because mm-hmm. Chris was like, she was stone butch, not afraid of just I'm who I am. She could take mm-hmm. anybody if they wanted to fight her. And there, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I was so, there's a part of me that was still so naive. So what's this father figure song about? That's nice. Like, oh, this girl <laughs> likes me. This is fun. I'm hot. Like I was in a cloud. Mm-hmm. But I remember these two kids, we were at the Spinnaker at Six Flags in Arlington. Oh and there were these two kids that commented like, wow, look at her arms. Meaning Chris, because Chris was ripped. And of course she was like, sun's out, gun's out. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <laughs> And she immediately got kind of like self-conscious and then everything just kind of changed after that mm. the rest of the day. And then drama happened and, you know, we didn't see each other because we also worked together. Uh, we waited tables and that's just a drama all in itself. Any, anyone who's, mm-hmm. who's ever waited tables. But, um, but that was a period where I got to just like see what that was about and I really enjoyed it. Now, I, I have to say, I'm not a lesbian. I am bisexual. I, at this point in my life, I find men interesting in theory. Do I want to date? And I'm not interested in that. But um, I had this, I had like just a really bad night. I was on acid. I was having a really <laughs> bad night. Been there, been there. I had like a really bad trip. And it was that kind of trip where you're just like, God is trying to tell you something, you know, like Miss Seeley, you know, just like it was like that moment. Miss Seeley, you just came down from the heavens and said, I need to change some shit. Yeah. So going back to what I knew, I was like, I got to go back to school. I have to go back to college and I've got to go to Utah. I've got to go back mm-hmm. to Utah. So I grew up in Texas, but all of my family, the hundreds and plus cousins, they're all in Utah. So I kind of packed everything up and I was like, I've got to cleanse my soul and cleanse my spirit. And I've got to, you know, find a way to make this work. And then, well, I was actually taking care of my grandmother, who I was very, very close to. And we had this really special relationship. And she knew that there was something about me. Oh, I'm just, oh, I might cry at all. One of my cousins who I was really close to, and I'm not going to say his name because he's not out, but if you know, you know, your family member when they're queer mm-hmm, as yeah. well. And so I knew and he knew 
And he fought harder than I did to be Mormon. Mm -hmm. And it's because Mm. his dad was like militant. And I remember my grandmother saying she didn't know how to say it. She just didn't know how to say it. But she said, you know, he just has, he's still waters that run really deep. And there's something under the surface. Maybe one day he'll share. So she knew, she knew that my cousin had something that he was hiding. And I think she told me because she wanted to maybe open the door for me. But I never told that to her. I never, I never talked about that. She also just really needed to talk about how she was feeling about things as she was transitioning, as she was dying. Mm -hmm. So when she died, I just had this, well, now I've got to be the person she's always wanted her granddaughters to be. Mm -hmm. And met a guy and he was attractive and everybody seemed to like him. And in Utah, marriage is fast-tracked. Yes. Because you're not supposed to have sex. Right. So they're like, what? The Lord is telling me we're supposed to get married when it's like, you're horny. But um, (laughs) it's like, rub one out, you'll be fine. But um, they, (laughs) sorry, I'm real salty. I apologize. That's good. I love it. So I got married and we immediately had uh, two children. And I come from that, I mean, 164 first cousins, y'all. We've, I got hips and and the equipment that was just built to (laughs) pump them out. So I had my first two kids. Uh, The marriage was horrible. It was awful, awful, awful. When there's resentment in a relationship, the relationship's done. Like I'm, that's just advice I'm going to put out there for anybody. Mm. So I left with the two kids. Uh, They were 18 months and four months old. And I'm just like, we're done. And come back home to Dallas to my family. And to be honest, the Mormon church stepped up. Really? They did. They stepped up in their service way of, all right, let's get you back into the church. Let's get you some job training. Let's mm-hmm. get food for the kids. Uh, the local, it's called a ward, but it's basically like a Catholic parish. The ward is going to pull together and get you some clothes for a job interview and get the kids some clothes so that they have new stuff. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. But there's a payoff, right? Mm. You're going to go back to being Mormon again, right? Yeah. You're going right. to- like you, you, What do they say? You take the money, take the shit. Yeah, exactly. Were you, but were you living Mormon with your husband? Yes. Yeah, I really was. But they were afraid they were going to lose yeah. you. Like you're going to not just leave him, but also leave the church. Yeah. Right. yeah. So I tried. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like you feel honor bound to do mm-hmm. these things and to mm-hmm. have this mindset. And I'm just, you know, okay. And then here's another guy that they all really liked. And he's cute. He was really excited about being a dad. He, he wanted, he actually adopted my older two children and so I'm like, okay, so we got married because that's what I was supposed to do. That's what it was expected of me. And yeah. to be honest, you know, I liked him. He was, like I said, I was attractive. And then after our uh, child was born, my son, it was just like, we both kind of were like, oof. What do we do? Ooh, no, 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 no. This is, this isn't what I want. And, um, and so we were friends enough that I could tell him. So I came out to him um, and he was totally fine with that. Oh, we 
spent a few years kind of talking about what could we do? Do we make a marriage work? Do we open it up? Uh, do we go our separate ways? And that conversation, that probably last a couple of years you talked about this? Years, actually. We spent wow. several a lot years. Of, a lot of honest conversations, though. I mean. Yeah, it, they weren't always kind. They weren't always right. great. It mm. just, you know, there would be times when it would be, well, let's just, let's figure this out. And then there are times mm-hmm. where it's, there's resentment. And yeah. Um, meanwhile, I have three kids in, in five years. So, I mean. Well, you're a hero. And, you're, and your ex-husband gave up rights to the first two Almost kids. immediately. Wow. Yeah. But it's a, that was a blessing. That yeah. was a, that was a, a, no complaints from this, from this mm-hmm. gal on that. Mm-hmm. And so then all, we all, you know, so then we're this family. And then he wanted, and I still have that idea. Like, y'all, I didn't wear sleeveless tops until I was 36 years old. That's how Mormon <laughs> I was. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, God can see that. Cover Too that much. stuff up. Yeah, she's like, look at me just slutting around with that armpit skin. um, (laughs) Showing off your upper arms like a heathen. (laughs) So we kind of had this fundamental break in our relationship where he just, he just didn't want to be in a relationship with me. And I just didn't want to keep trying to convince someone to be in a relationship with me when I didn't really want the relationship either. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Doesn't matter, even though we both were like, we hung on to this way longer than we should have for the sake of kids, which is always a fool's errand. Mm -hmm. Because when you are not in a relationship that is modeling what you want for your children, then that's what you're modeling for your kids. Yeah. Yep. And when that hit me, I am teaching my kids to not be happy. I'm teaching my kids that you don't deserve love too. Mm -hmm. And also on a really basic level, you're teaching them what relationship looks like, which is unhappiness. Mm -hmm. It's even more than a deserved conversation. It's like you're modeling a bad relationship that they're going to go out and emulate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when, when my daughter got to be a certain age, that was kind of when I started having my awakening when I was a young, young teen. This is your youngest. This is my middle. So it's, I have oh, a son, daughter, okay. son. Son, daughter, son. Okay. When my daughter hit that age, that was when I was like, okay, okay. I, I cannot, I cannot have this be. And then my kids are coming out to me during all of this. And my ex isn't really taking it well. He's mm. thinking oh. there was a, there was a, you turned him gay. Little oh. in there. I'm like, yeah, that's how it works. And so my oldest son is now 25. He'll actually, oh my God, he's going to be 26. <sighs> so, you know, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. it was a very different conversation. Oh, yeah. In schools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's still not great in some places, but um, obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, it was, it's MAGA country where we yeah. were living at the time yeah. mm-hmm. and becoming more and more so. And my son was just getting bullied mercilessly to the point where he had to, I mean, we went through hospitalizations and we <gasps> went through, um, I, I mean, it was just for, for the sake of his autonomy and stuff. I'll, I'll just leave it at that, that it was Aww. all the bad things, all the bad things. Yeah. Heartbreaking. And my daughter was suffering silently closeted and then came out 
And then everything just kind of changed. Mm -hmm. And so we split. It took another year after the divorce for my youngest to finally be able to articulate that they were trans and what all that could mean. And it was like, let's go shopping. What do you want? <laughs> how do we let's how do, do we help you? <laughs> you know, and, and, and are was, you at the same exact time processing your own sexuality? So like all of yeah. this, like you, your kids, you're all kind of going through yeah. this together. You went, you're you're so Mormon. You went through it as a family. I know. <laughs> I know. Yay! Families are forever. <laughs> but but is that good or bad? Was that like I can see where you are, where you are, or was it like yeah, actually, I can't focus on myself? Well, look, I'm like hardcore mom. I am that lady in the grocery store that every now and then will have like a toddler grab onto me because they think I'm bear mom. <laughs> like, I've just come to terms with it. I've just come to terms with it. But at that point, first of all, I'd had my son in and out of hospitalization for an absolute mental health crisis for about two oh, years. And then God. we had uh, pulled him out of school. And, you know, so I was dealing with all of that. And then my daughter came out and was really struggling her final year, her final two years. And then she, oh, I have to brag about her partner because they're back together. And I'm so excited. <laughs> So um, when she was in high school, she came out and then she met her partner who was nominated for homecoming queen and they're non-binary in this little bitty Texas high school. Nice. And everybody knew that they were non-binary and they just were giving the, even though queen is a gendered, it's like nobody cared. And then they didn't care either. And we go to the homecoming game and I keep in mind I'm in Texas. And so yeah. homecoming is like big. The big thing. And like my sister came and her husband and we're all just like ready. Like if anybody says anything to these kids, I'm going to just. And everybody was like so excited because, of course, they won. It was national news. Oh, my God. So that gave her a moment of stability during the tumultuous divorce. Yeah. And then yeah. my youngest is in the closet about their sexuality and their gender. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know that there was anything wrong with the marriage. The older two were like, ooh, right. mom. Mm. And I felt that they were at a certain age where I could talk about me too. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm, I've also gone through this and I was in the closet and, and I know how difficult it can be. It's a little bit different, but I could, I could work and talk with them about some of this stuff. But with my youngest, it was like, I mean, I'm seating my pants here. I don't really know how to, yeah, how to talk about that. So I put myself on the back burner mm -hmm. because I just needed to make sure that my kids were stable. I needed to make yeah. sure that they were functioning, that they had a roof over their head, they felt safe and secure, and were moving forward with with their life instead of me worrying about anything. So all of my sexuality was out there for them to know, but I wasn't dating. I wasn't, you know, active or anything like that. I was just trying to keep my own head above water with respect to. Yeah. For them. You had a lot going on with those kids. That's a lot. Had, had you raised them Mormon? No. Ah. I didn't. I tried. That was probably helpful. <laughs> when I left with an 18 month old and a four month old, I tried and as soon as I married, uh, who is their father, mm -hmm. I, he legally adopted them. I was like, I'm kind of done going to church and I'm kind of done teaching this stuff. 
And if they want to know about it, I'll talk to them about it because they're going to be exposed because of family. But I don't want to keep teaching this stuff. I don't want to perpetuate this stuff. So from my early 30s, I was effectively not Mormon, even though on the rolls I still was. Uh huh. So your youngest didn't wasn't raised in the church at all. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Really, all of Thank them. Thank God. Yeah. 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 Thank Buddha. Thank whoever's out there. Right. Mother Nature. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no one size fits all solution when it comes to hair care, Robin. Mm-hmm, I use mm-hmm. so much product. I need a good shampoo to get it all out, but. It needs to keep my hair grease-free so it's easy to style. Oh, my God. Tell me about it. I need a good conditioner that's going to soften my hair without adding more grease. But now I have personalized pros routine, and I can honestly say I've never been more in love with my hair. That's exactly where I was going. Pros makes custom hair care that is effective because it is personal. It uses natural ingredients with proven results. Pros customizes every product in your routine from shampoo to supplements. So what you do is you take this quiz and some of the questions I got were unexpected, like what's your Mm -hmm. zip code and how often do you exercise? Mm -hmm. Location and the amount of times your hair gets sweaty makes a big difference in your hair. But I've never been asked those things when it comes to choosing products. Smart. I know, totally. And Pros analyzes all your answers and then determines what unique blend of ingredients should be in every product for your custom routine. And Pros got all my hair goals covered. Look at my hair, Jimmy. Does it look greasy to you? It does not, Robin. It does not. Exactly. I'm using a smooth and vibrant clarifying and cleanse blend, and my hair feels great, and it's taking all this product like a champ. Oh, my God. And <laughs> all their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. I, they are also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. That's amazing. That. And if you are not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've had. They will take the products back, no questions asked. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash OCT. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash OCT for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Woo! So how is everybody now? I mean, and how are you and how is that? I have to say, they're all doing great. They're all thriving. So my son, my oldest son, who had, who did we have some, those teen years were really, really rough, really, really rough. He has like the most amazing job. He has a tight group of friends. He has the life that he wants for himself. And There are elements of it that I'm like, okay, this doesn't work for me. He wants to be religious. He wants to Mm -hmm. be really spiritual and and really devoted to his church. And that's his choice to make. And that's just fine. And then my younger two are like, fuck God. (laughs) Fuck religion. (laughs) I want nothing to do with it. And um, all respect. But... uh, my daughter graduated with a 4.0 from Texas Women's, and she's getting ready okay. to go to grad school. And then my youngest is probably one of the funniest people I know. <laughs> He's so talented, one of the bravest people I know. I mean, here is this kid who basically marched up, and he's, he's not a tall guy. He's... Five five. He's gonna get mad that I say that. You're five six. He's five five. 
Um, <laughs> me, Let's give him five sevens. What the hell? Six foot three. And yeah. he, he's starting basketball <laughs> career. I'm just saying it's a little creepy. It's a little freakish what he has to duck. So <laughs> he went to this high school that's just full of the red caps and yeah. just demanded that everyone use the correct pronouns. He's like, I'm Elliot now. And his teachers were like, okay. And if they didn't call him Elliot, he'd say it's Elliot. Wow. Oh, good for him. The swagger on this kid, men's bathroom. Says, I don't belong in the women's bathroom. I don't belong there. Wow. And just does it. Just freaking does it. And it all turned out okay. And they all turned out okay. They all did. Every Mm -hmm. one of them. They are the loves of my life, to be honest. I mean, I think that's a testament to you that, I mean, you did a good job and you. It doesn't seem like you flinched at all Mm-mm. with all no, of their coming out. That's true. <laughs> it, it seems like you led with your gut, which is something we talk a lot about in terms of like the fertility process. But it, I, I, it's something I think about for life. Like, it just seems like you were like, this isn't right. I need to move myself here. Yeah. And you just kept listening and you kept listening. Yeah. Because yeah. can you imagine if you had not? I think there's something to being queer and always having that wrong foot feeling from the start mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where I, and I'm, I don't want to like paint with a broad brush, but I think we're a little bit more open to being responsive to something doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel that this cog is slipping, you know? Right. Right. And I do love that y'all. I, Cause I've, I've listened to several podcasts uh, of the recent ones where people just really had to advocate for themselves mm-hmm. in the medical community. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's how it is when you're in a conservative community and you have a gay child, you have maybe an autistic child, you have, yep. you know, you just have to say, you know what, I'm, I am the expert on my child, right? not you. And I am telling you that this is what it is because they have told me. Yeah. I, and I, I, I say all the time, like, we know what it feels like to be othered and so we are we can we can see that in others when they're othered and we can understand it and we can help them help themselves i suppose but i do want to ask because i just my daughter's seven and we just have been having conversations about gender and all the stuff and we have this book and she recently said to me you know i feel kind of like between a boy and a girl you know and we're talking and we're very open about having this whole conversation and I'm not going to lie. And I have a podcast about this stuff. I'm very <laughs> open, right? I'm not going to lie. I had a moment where I'm laying yeah. there with my daughter in the bed thinking, oh, my God, are we going here? Oh, my God. Yeah. Is this? Oh, I, so I recognized even within myself, like some of my inner biases came out. And I had to, if we do go down this path, because who knows? She's seven. Right. I'm going to have some reckoning to do within my own self, which yeah. I didn't expect. Honestly, I thought it was yeah. so open and you know, cool with, down with whatever. And I'm coming to realize, hmm, this might take some work in my, in my own heart, you know? It does. And you know, I heard a story, this was something that I, when, when my son came out to me as being trans, there was, um, and it's one of those things that like got passed around on Tumblr and face, you know, blah, blah, blah in our communities. And it essentially boiled down to, there was this family that somebody had known, so it's probably a wives' tale. But there was a family at the turn of the century who had had a daughter, and 
they went away and they came back with a son. And I may have had the gender switch. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, I'm making up a name. Emmeline passed away, but this is our son, Bo. And so basically they, they just made it possible. They made it possible for their family to transition. And this is a hundred years ago. Right. And something struck me when I heard that about Emmeline died. Mm-hmm. And I realized that anything that I was feeling about what was happening with my youngest son, and in some respects with my older son, because when he had all of his mental breakdowns, it, it changed his trajectory mm-hmm. or what I had imagined. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's all ego. It's all, it's all yourself where it's, I had this expectation that your mm-hmm. path would take you here. Yeah. And I think that it's okay as a mother to internally mourn that path. Cause I think mm-hmm. you do that regardless of like, I wanted my kid to be a doctor and they're right. going to yes. be whatever, or, you know, or I wanted them to put their shoes on. There's that. <laughs> I mourn that. There's that. But it's like, there's this, there's a grieving process for that imagined path. And yeah, I think it's okay absolutely. to have that internally. Even when you don't realize you have it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't realize I had an internal path in my head for her. And, and I do want to be clear. Yeah. I have no, I don't, don't mean to out my daughter. I, we have no idea where she's going to end up. This is oh, just a, This is a seven-year-old talking exactly. to mom. Exactly. This is just an initial yeah. conversation about gender. And it's, I'm talking about the realization I had within my own heart with some of the yeah. things that she said. Yeah. But you can't help but let the world seep into your pores. I mean, how, you know. But that's why it's so great to have a dialogue like this and to have a platform like this, because if you don't talk about it and you don't lay out other people's experiences, you don't get the opportunity to think about somebody else's, how how somebody else approached it. Right, right. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just, you're just caught, you know, you get caught with the blinders on and all you can see is just like what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's just, it's just, it's a never ending conversation. It is. It has to happen, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, you know, then you're not afraid to be a little different. The more conversations yeah. like this that are out there, the more you realize, oh, we're all completely different and that's okay. Yeah. You just made me remember my favorite childhood book, and this probably should have been a clue to everyone in my family. <laughs> there was a book when I was like four years old, and it was Mr. Pine's Purple House. I don't know. This and book. Mr. Pine had his had a house, and it looked exactly like every single house in the block. And every single house in the block had a door on the right and a window to the left and a shrub in the front and a tree in the corner every single house and he wanted to look different so he did like a he planted a rose bush and then everybody on the block planted a rose bush and he's like Argh. and he goes okay i'm gonna make my sidewalk go like this and then everyone went oh that looks nice and then everybody else went right and he's like do it so <laughs> he goes and he buys some paint and he bought purple paint and it's all the mess and he's got the cat that's running up the ladder and you know it's a little kid's book and stuff like that and he paints his house purple and the neighbors are like i want to paint my house too and he's like Cook. Like, of course, he's not saying that, but it would have been a fun book. I wish he was. But but they're like, no, 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 I want mine to be striped. I want mine to be green. I want mine to be blue. Oh, my God. Where the hell is this book? I love that book. I'm going to cry for that book. I want to get that that book for my kids. What a great lesson. Yeah, I loved that book. I love it. 
what I love about this though is like you are just about representation on every level yeah for yourself for your children like the way you're processing it all and, it, and also in your writing too that it just extends yeah. in every area of your life that you're just creating space and I I'm so incredibly happy that Mary found you and that she <laughs> kept too, pushing Mary us to get you on this podcast because your story is beautiful you're just a badass well, laura stone she's a badass well, i'm just gonna say i mean, <laughs> I, mean so good. I appreciate it i just you know when you realize that when you can drop a lot of the ego yeah. life is so much more fun agreed mm. it's so much more interesting I, like i want to hear the stories i want to hear other people's adventures and thoughts and i want to be surrounded by i want to learn i want to continually learn and do better yes. so the only way you can do that is just by dropping the ego and going what's your story yes. what's going on there and taking Tell in new stories about. and accepting new stories yeah. My God. Amazing. Write some more books, okay? I know you're working I know, on one. I I'm <laughs> Speaking of what's your story, tell everyone where they can follow you, where they can get your books, all of the jams. Sure. Uh, so I'm probably the most active on Twitter, and I know Twitter's usually a hellscape, but I do try to post funny shit. Good, good, good. Um, you, you do. Can, I can say that. I've been following you for a girl. while. Thank you. Um, and it's uh, Stony Boboni because, you know, handles are <laughs> a nightmare. Um, and that's S-T-O-N-E-Y-B-O-B-O-N-E-Y. -E -E um, and you can also go to my website, uh, laura-stone.com. Okay, perfect. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank it was you. so wonderful. Kiss Mary square on the mouth for me. She will. I sure will. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Laura Stone. I have to tell you, I frigging love that she dropped. she dropped in her coming out story. So I was on acid. I mean, how do you, like, uh, not a lot of coming out stories have Amazing. that. Oh. oh, Laura. I love Laura. I mean, what a journey. Yeah, right? And it just, it's mm -hmm. nice to hear that if you, if you leave a church, you can be okay if that's your path, you know? You can. Can. In the end, it'll all be okay. It if it's will not be. okay, it's not the end. That's right. That's right. My favorite quote in the whole... But um, what I love about Laura is that she's in, she's obsessed with plants like I am. And she even has a plant page that I follow now. And I was supposed to send her a picture of my dying plant. And I never did. And now the dang plant is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't take it, 2022. It had, it had a good run, Jamie. That plant had a good run. Well, I we, never sent her the picture. It's, okay. it's not your, uh, it was dying. It was, our, uh, it was, it was ready to go. Her. We got to bring her in for another book club on our live stream if we can work that out. We'll see how the first oh, one yes. goes. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, let's okay. not get ahead of ourselves. But if it goes well, she's our next book. We're going to. Yes, I can't wait. I'm All almost right. done with the book. Tell everybody what's up next on our, our next live stream because it is okay. this. Okay. You guys, on our next live stream this Thursday, February 3rd at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, mm -hmm. you do not want to miss this episode because former guest and author Carolyn Elizabeth is joining us to talk about her new book. The Raven and the Banshee. Mm -hmm. And this is our first ever book, book club. club. We're gonna so you need to get, get that it. book get now. The book. Get the book right now. It's you have time to read it. It's a quick read. It's a good book. It's lesbian Lesbians literature. And pirates. And they're pirates. And there's, a, and there's a romance. Mm -hmm. And I'm very into it. <laughs> I am liking it a lot. So get the book. Read the book. Come talk with us about it on the live stream mm -hmm. with the author herself. Yes. And if you if you miss it, you can catch it on your YouTube page later. Yes. Very exciting. 
And yeah. and then after that, you know, follow us over there on the social, on the social mm-hmm. media. Follow us. Ovaries Talk on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. If these mm-hmm. ovaries could talk on the YouTube where the live streams mm-hmm. live. And uh, support the, the podcast and join our community on Patreon at patreon.com slash ovaries talk. Yeah, bonus content. Why would you not we, want to do it? You'd be part of our community. We got you. So we have to say a huge thank you to our sponsors, Modern Fertility, Once Upon a Farm, and Pros. And also a huge thank you to all you Patreons who are helping to make this show. Huge. We thank you Big. so much. Huge. Huge. Big. Big. Huge. Name that movie. If you, if you, Pretty if you woman. can name that, well, oh. I meant the listener. Oh, sorry, sorry. I wrecked it. <laughs> Eggs. Ovaries. Out. The only way to go is up. The only way to go to sup. <laughs>